Welcome back to Ravens Recap, where it is Groundhog Day. It is the playoffs, and the Ravens and the Titans are playing each other again. We have Titans fan Tim back on again, but hopefully the Ravens do not lose again. So we're going to talk about how these teams look, what's changed since uh, the regular season thriller that we had a couple weeks ago, and yeah, let's just see how round three of this game goes. It's fascinating because it's almost a year to the day. We played on the 11th, I believe, last year. I'm like 99% sure it was the 11th, right, that we played. And now we play on the 10th because the season was delayed by a week. (laughs) So it is literally Groundhog Day. Sure, it's wild card instead of divisional, but like, yeah, (laughs) here we go again. And it's in Tennessee instead of in Baltimore. Yeah, a little more deja vu to that. Uh, The last time Tennessee has hosted a... Uh, the last time we won a division crown, the last time we hosted a playoff game was 2008, whenever we hosted the Ravens and you guys beat us. I saw a stat on Twitter or something in that, was it the five five matchups that the Ravens have played the Titans in the playoffs? The away team has always won. Book 2000. It. <laughs> oh, let's fuck that round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It was like 2000. Ravens were away. They won that game on their way to the Super Bowl. 2003, the Titans won that game. The Ravens got kicked out of the playoffs. 2008, as Tim mentioned. Than last year, now this year. Oh yeah, time for a new trend or no trend at all. Just Titans, yeah. <laughs> Titans winning this one. That's a crazy stat. I wonder if there's any other NFL playoff series with at least that many games where the away team has won every one. That's got to be. If there are any others, it's got to be very few. I have uh, no idea. Yeah, it was it was a very cherry picked stat. I kind of wish that they would have left it until after the game, and then there would just been a happy accident. But yeah, I mean, we got so many different trends, right? Do we keep up the away trend? Do we keep up the trend of the Ravens losing? I don't care. I just want the Ravens to win. <laughs> well, Tim, we all know that the Ravens have changed dramatically. And it started in that Tennessee game, actually, against you guys. Have you guys changed a lot since the last time we played? I'm not sure we've changed too much. I know our offense is still dynamic and our defense is still the opposite. Um so I think our defense, the only thing that's changed is maybe our hope that the defense would turn it around every week as the season would go on. We're like, this is finally the week. You know, there were signs that our defense could could become at least somewhat uh, resemblance, resembling of the uh, defense of last year, um, which was better not break because it'd be nice to not break for once. But it's just not come to fruition. So it's that's, I think, the part I'm definitely most worried about, especially with you guys kind of tearing it up right now is – can our defense contain at least enough to give our offense a chance? Yeah, the Ravens' offense has definitely found a second win since we last played you guys. Like Alex said, there were some flashes of it, but really didn't happen till till after the COVID hit against the Steelers. Um, I guess ironically, this game is, I shouldn't say ironically, but another interesting thing about this game, not one that the two teams should be proud of, but these are the two teams that got hit hardest by COVID in this year. So there's that. But yeah, I mean, the Ravens really, since the game against Dallas, have finally looked like the offense that was just setting the league by storm in 2019 and we thought was going to continue into the playoffs. And it's definitely going to be, I think, a handful for the Tennessee defense to deal with, not just Lamar Jackson rushing and Dobbins and Gus Edwards, but also the uh, improved play from the wide receivers, especially Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin. 
Yeah, I think the crazy thing for this matchup too is that, you know, going into week 17, and we talked about it last episode where J.K. Dobbins and the rest of the Ravens running backs, quarterbacks, whoever was running the ball, just had a phenomenal game. I mean, over 400 yards rushing in a game. I mean, that's a huge, huge number. Top five, top 10 uh, in the history books. And you look at that and you think, oh man, like, you know, we're going to run over the Titans. But then you realize they still have Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry is still a baller. And he put up over 230, like a insane amount of rushing yards last year. 250 rushing yards. Yeah, that was yesterday. I mean, yeah, and he hit and he hit over and he hit over two k for the year. So it's like this guy is still like just as scary as he was last year, if not even more scary. And you know, it's just it's going to be one of those things of like these teams are so freaking similar in some ways, especially with how their offenses run. But it's going to be crazy to just see which you know which one ends up on top again. It's kind of the same thing all over again. You know, just adding to the deja vu. Yeah, I don't remember where the uh, Titans offense was ranked whenever we played during the regular season, but I know we finished pretty much top three in like every um, statistical category that matters when you consider offenses. So we're dynamic in that in in offense, and it's it runs through Henry, Tannehill, and Brown. But Corey Davis is finally at his breakout year. He kind of had a rough one uh, yesterday, and or the against the Texans, but it's been a great year for him finally looking like a first round pick. So I think it's looking like it could be a shootout if, you know, Henry is still a problem for you guys that opens up our passing game. And then if our defense continues to struggle, then could be a lot of points in this game. Yeah. I'm glad you bring up Davis. Cause I think he is a guy I do want to talk about. I don't know how the Ravens are going to match up cornerback wise. They kind of had uh, both Peters and Humphrey kind of switch off a bit on Brown and Davis last game. But for most of the game, I felt like the Ravens were able to keep AJ Brown checked down in that regular season game but if the Ravens focus too much on Brown Davis has had in a lot of ways almost as good of a year as Brown did I think that just goes overlooked because Brown is the more exciting player when he makes big plays they're a little more spectacular than Davis I feel but I think that people are just sleep on Davis a bit just because it took him so long to live up to that high draft pick what's been different from I mean is it Davis is different or is it just that he finally has consistent QB play uh that that matches his skill set uh it's definitely a little bit of both Tannehill has formed a great relationship with him and he targets him a lot and Tannehill is so accurate and it's been fantastic for us at QB so that's definitely helped him but his confidence level is also way up too um he had some drops yesterday like I mentioned but he's it looked like he knows what he's doing out there. His routes are usually really good. He's, he's He looks like he belongs out there now, and he was kind of struggling to find his place in the offense before, and now he pretty much defined his role um, as the number two uh, receiver who can have his big games. Um, you're right, he's not as exciting as, as Brown, but he did just about put up 1,000 yards this season, yet he was 14 yards short, and he would have got it if he didn't drop those three passes. But, you know, he has been reliable for us all year. And that, that comes, I think from, from him and from Tannehill's relationship. I kind of want to get to Mr. Derrick Henry. I think, you know, we know he broke 2000 yards and we know he had another huge year statistically and just uh, the way he's made a difference uh, for his team. But the nice thing for Ravens fans to hold on to is that for that game, 
both Clayus Campbell and Brandon Williams were out. They're back. They're getting healthy. Like Brandon Williams feels fully healthy, and Calais looked a lot more like himself, I think, this week than he did the week prior, and he's definitely on the ascendancy. So that gives me hope, right? <laughs> that plus improved play from Queen as time has gone on. These are the things I think Ravens fans can hold on to when they see this guy who wrecked our season several times, <laughs> you know, this is uh, how we might be able to slow him down. I'm not saying that he's going to have a bad game. I think he'll have a good game, but we can't let him kill us, right? That's the key. Yeah. I mean, in that first matchup, look, I mean, I thought for most of the, I mean, for the first three and a half, I mean, even four quarters before going into overtime in that last, you know, 50-yard run that just kind of killed us, I thought overall, like, you know, the the guys who were playing on the D-line, I thought had an incredible game just to, be able to bottle him up that much. Derek Wolf in particular, I thought had a, a fantastic game. But yeah, it's it's one of those things, man, where it's just like the defense has got to like. I, I don't think it's possible to shut them down. Like you know, I'm I'm not going to go in the same as as we did in 2019, where we're like, oh yeah, we can just go ahead. That's that's not going to happen, Tim. Don't worry about it. It's not going to happen. I, I, we're not that naive anymore. Henry is the real deal, right? I think you know, unless you had like Hall of Famers everywhere on the d-line i don't think you're going to be able to stop this guy for you know from going for like 100 yards or something he's just he's too good he's too strong he's too fast and he really does wear wear teams down and i think the key really for this game is it's got to be a complete football game from the ravens like the offense has got to be clicking they've got to be scoring they got to put the titans in bad situations and just try and, and limit the opportunity that henry is going to have to eventually wear these teams down yeah, I mean, to to what you said, Alec, I mean, I, I do feel better that we're going to have those guys back on the D-line. You know, certainly, I mean, the stats show, I mean, when Brandon Williams is in the game, I, I think the Ravens rush defense all, goes up another level. But even, you know, again, even that being said, like, it's going to take a complete football game from the Ravens. And, you know, last year, I think the problem was is the defense got in a hole early and the offense couldn't step up. And so it just kind of made problems for both sides uh, of the team. And this matchup, I mean, that's that's kind of the absolute key. Is like they can't afford to take the missteps early, and and if they do, they've got to recover quickly because otherwise, it's just a game that the Ravens aren't going to want to play. I think what we've seen with Tennessee is come hell or high water, they will commit to their game plan, and the game plan is eventually you're going to break from their offensive attack. Eventually, they're going to start getting some really big chunk plays, and the Ravens saw it. Right, the Ravens saw it. We laid up Tennessee last. We were up by 11 points, and then we lost. So that is their game plan. So even if we go out ahead, we can't let off. And I mean, obviously it's it's the playoffs, so I don't I don't think they will. But we can't get comfortable as a fan base either because they're going to be committed. The only thing that we can ask is that by getting ahead, by getting a good offensive drives and and scores and whatnot, that this game plan of theirs could be detrimental, right? If they don't wear us down. Well, then they lost their shot, right? But that's that's what their whole like team is predicated about. They're committed to wearing you down and also committed to not making mistakes. The Ravens made mistakes that let them get back into it. I think this Tennessee team is much better about not just giving you gimmies. That's definitely true. I mean, the uh, the Titans are one of the top in uh, giveaway um they're plus double digits somewhere. I forget the exact number, but they're 
they're up there with a very positive um, with takeaways and they're a very physical team, not just Henry, but you know, like AJ Brown's big physical, um, a lot of Johnny Smith, a lot of guys that'll break tackles and just punish defenders, even when you tackle and bring them down. So it, it works very well. It's been working all year. And um, we, we kind of have to stick to our game plan because it, it runs like Henry is the focal point of our offense to the point where even we don't use him, it has to be because of him. Like there are so many plays that um, we run the boot and, and Tannehill keeps the ball and the entire defense goes left for Henry. And then Tannehill has an open lane. We can't do something like that. If we're not running the ball constantly, we're not getting the play action plays if we don't have that threat of Henry anymore. So that's why we always have to stick to the game plan. I have to be patient with it because without it, you know, we're an entirely different team. Yeah. I think you bring up a, a good point there with uh, just the added dimension that Tannehill brings to that offense. I mean, certainly Lamar Jackson is, is light years ahead of Tannehill as far as a Russian quarterback is, but Tannehill is no pocket passer. Like when that situation arises that you're saying Tannehill is somewhat dangerous in space, which uh, gives another element that, the Ravens defense is going to have to to watch out for there because he's had some long runs this year. And I think he had, he had two rushing touchdowns against uh, Houston week 17, right? He did. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, another, another element that can uh, give the Ravens some issues. Yeah. I think I noted a couple of weeks ago, there was a, I think it was a play. I think it may have been on, on Burrow. I think Queen had, uh, no, I think it was I think it was Minshew a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, um, there he was trying to escape Minshew. the pocket. I think and I think Queen was able to uh, track him down. I made a comment to you guys. I'm pretty sure we we mentioned it on the podcast. So I was like, Queen is probably going to win that matchup nine out of ten times uh, for, mo- for most quarterbacks um, because he's just you know one of the fastest linebackers that we've had in a very long time. And can really just track down quarterbacks in the pocket and be able to make those plays. Tannehill's definitely one. You know, I'm, I'm with you, Peter. He's just he's he's got some he's got some really good speed. You know, I know Ravens fans back in the day would be like, "Oh, Joe Flacco's got some sneaky speed," but like, it just it took him forever to go up there. Tannehill, like, <laughs> twenty five yards later, right? <laughs> yeah, twenty five yards later. Like, okay, that's fine. But Tannehill, definitely not, man. I mean, he is fast, like surprisingly fast. Mm-hmm. You know, every matchup that we've had against him, he's had like one or two runs where I'm just like, wow, it's just it's it's crazy that you know we just haven't had guys in the right position to be able to make a play and it's just because you know you know maybe they didn't realize that how fast he was and 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 thought that they could close the gap more quickly but that's just not the case so yeah definitely going to be uh something for the ravens to keep an eye on i'm I'm curious to see what they're going to do yeah one thing that's definitely going to play a huge part in in that and the run game as well is um we're on our third left tackle for the year he's the guy who made his first nfl start a couple weeks ago and he's been decent i've noticed definitely more pressure coming from the left side but he's been serviceable the thing that that makes me worried is our left guard roger saffold who has been phenomenal for us ever since he had a rough start to his tenure last year he is going to be a close call with an ankle ankle injury um, whether or not he returns and he's so huge especially with our third left tackle because he provides help on that left side and we have to start an undrafted rookie, most likely Aaron Brewer, um, who's been decent replacement, but a full game of the two of those guys on the left side has me a little worried. Fortunately, for at least in the passing side of things, Tannehill is so tough. That's why he also is a threat running that he will um, 
he's not afraid to take a hit. So he's not afraid to run into defenders and, and try to get a couple more yards out of the play, especially at the, the goal line. But when passing, you know, he's going to stay, stand up straight in the pocket. He's going to step into the pocket and um, not be afraid to take those big hits as he releases the ball. So w- even with pressure, pressure in his face, which worried there's going to be quite a few of it, quite a bit of it. Um, he can still deliver. Yeah, quick note on Tannehill. Uh, he was a wide receiver for his first two years at Texas A&M, and he averaged 13.8 yards per reception on 112 catches. So, yeah, certainly some athleticism there for yeah. Tannehill, some sneaky athleticism. What I'm hearing is he's going to actually be used in a trick play again. <laughs> he could. What Was he? I, I know Derrick Henry had a touchdown pass in that in that game last year. Did, was, uh-huh. did they throw to Tannehill at all? I don't think it was to Tannehill. I thought it was, it was not to Tannehill. Was it to Davis? Um, so. Oh, no, John, John I if I've, I might be thinking of a different play, but I almost feel like it was to the um, – I almost feel like it was to their tackle because it surprised everyone that he was – I mean, they knew he was eligible, but they were just not expecting Dennis Kelly out there. Yeah, I, I don't think it was John. John who had the one touchdown, which was the early acrobatic catch over Brandon Carr, at least in the playoff game. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. I, I do want to mention two things, actually, when you were talking about the tackle depth, uh, Tim. Uh, <laughs> one, actually, I had to initially say, I, I find it funny that there's another Aaron Brewer in the NFL. I think there was a long snapper for like the Broncos or something. It was named Aaron Brewer. The only real, only reason that I know this name is that there's an Aaron Brewer that I work with. And so anytime I find a player named that in the NFL, I'm like, ah, another Brewer. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, you know... I just wanted to say also, you know, credit to um, credit to the Tennessee uh, front office as well. I mean, if you guys are on your third left tackle and this guy's serviceable, you've got some pretty good depth there. I mean, left tackles like you know they don't grow on trees; they're hard to develop. Um, and that's also, I'm betting that that's not your uh, first round pick from this year either, who was probably meant to be picked for a left or right tackle spot. Correct? Um, he has not played a single snap. I know he's played a snap or two. Um, but it was in garbage time and he is pretty much, I think he was pretty much designed to be a pick for the future, but he's still kind of been a disappointment this year. He was supposed to be our right tackle. Taylor Lewan is our left tackle and he got, he tore his ACL right earlier mm-hmm. in the year. Right. Yeah. I mean, heck, I mean, if, yeah, if, if you're that far down the depth, I mean, that's, that's crazy. You're still able to find people to kind of do that. I mean, you know, I've, compared to the Ravens too, I mean, you know, the Ravens had to make the switch of Orlando Brown Jr. from the right to the left side because, we we literally don't have anybody to play the left. I mean, yeah, and it's it's something that we've been a little bit weak in that position group for a couple of years now, honestly. So, um, I mean, that's you know that's that's pretty awesome from from like a front office perspective to kind of have that many people that you can slot in there and and not have like a you know a huge drop off. Even though you know Luan is a Pro Bowl player, he's, he's a very good player, um, but to not have your whole game plan be messed up from that is is really nice. Yeah, I was worried it would be, and um, I agree. The depth has been really nice. Aaron Brewer, like I mentioned, he was kind of a surprise piece to be serviceable. He, We had Jimmy O'Douglas, who kind of the whole fan base hated seeing him go in, and now Aaron Brewer has replaced him as that um, initial backup piece. He can play center as well, so um, Ben Jones, our center, has been kind of banged up in and out during the year, and He's been that guy who was sub in, but I think a big part of why our offensive line has been so great this year is because of Tannehill and Henry as well, because Henry is, even if you, you hit him, um, he's still going to possibly break through or get a couple extra yards out of it. You know, you, you don't need to be perfect when you have him running. Um, And then with Tannehill, since he's, he's smart, he's a veteran QB, he knows when to get rid of the ball and he also will, 
he doesn't take unnecessary sacks and he will release the ball and, and make the throw even with pressure in his face. It makes the offensive line look better because there's, you know, less sacks, less tackles for loss, that type of thing. Yeah, it's still crazy to me that if you look at Derrick Henry, I mean, I, it's it's kind of like what we saw in 2003 with Jamal Lewis, but the only teams you could say you can make an argument that stopped him were Cleveland and Chicago, of all teams. But even them, they kind of just really just, like, the Titans just stopped feeding him the ball because, you know, they were down and they needed to... to to pass a little more like no one's really stopped this guy all year <laughs> that's why i hit 2000 to <laughs> king henry oh man but i will say you know i'm not saying this is going to happen to henry but 2000 yards can take a can take a hit on a player and we saw i that that was a game against tennessee baltimore against tennessee that year january 2004 where the ravens kept jamal lewis in the week 17 so he could eclipse 2000 yards and he was gassed and had a horrible game against Tennessee in a game. The Ravens still almost won, but the who was it? It was one of the Anderson brothers, I think, hit like a 47-yard field goal to win that game going into the Wayback Machine. I'm actually not too worried about Henry um, with his workload because he, he's been like this since high school. He gets a ridiculous amount of carries. If you've looked at, if you ever look at his high school stats, like, he has games where he goes like 500 yards and the carries are like, you know, 50, 60 carries. It's ridiculous. And <laughs> to college, he was used like crazy. And he's still like, you'd think they're running him to the ground, but he takes such good care of his body. He's such a big dude um, with raw athleticism that he just, I don't know. He just seems to not slow down. And I, I, I fun fact, he was actually the first player in history to have a 2000 yard uh, season in high school, college and NFL. <laughs> So <laughs> he's he's been doing this for a long time. And he's still going. Oh my goodness! We're gonna find out in like twenty years that he was like the first NFL player to have like cybernetics or something. <laughs> you know, it's just oh man, God, he's ridiculously physical. It's it, it's crazy too, Tim. I know you made this comment earlier just about the Titans being a very physical team, and it, it's just it's kind of almost like a slap in the face for Ravens fans too because we've all of us here have, have, have grown up with the Ravens being a defensive first team and having guys like Ray Lewis um, just like being the most physical players on the field <laughs> with Derrick Henry it's just like you're not you can't compete against that just there's no player on our team right now who I think could out physical Henry it's just not a thing right now we don't we don't have a guy like that it's just so jarring of, of growing up with the team that was just, you know, the complete opposite. Um, it's crazy, but that man, that man's a beast. Just don't send a uh, defensive back to tackle him. I don't know if you saw the, uh, the lions <laughs> player that attempted it recently, but every time a defensive back comes in, it's a highlight real stiff arm. So, yep. Oh, we the learned lions that with player, Earl Thomas, <laughs> Earl Thomas, <laughs> Josh Norman. Yeah. Oh man. We're, yeah, we're aware now. <laughs> all right, all right, but let's let's stop the Derrick Henry fanboy hour. Come on, all right, let's oh, man. Let's, let's flip this because I think we have overlooked the fact that Derrick Henry is is uh, you know a once in a generation running back. But on the opposite side of the football, we have a once in a generation playmaker at quarterback for the Ravens going against a Titans team that ranked thirtieth in the league as far as sack rate and. Uh, over the past six weeks, you guys have given up at least 25 points to any team not named the Jacksonville Jaguars, which doesn't count. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you think the Titans are going to do to slow down Jackson? Because you guys slowed him down. You guys, 
he had his worst game of the season in the playoffs last year against you guys, but you know, he, he played really well in that game uh, in the regular season. It was just, I think the Ravens lost the turnover battle and that was the difference in that game. What do you think the Titans are going to do in attempt number three against Lamar Jackson? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I, I feel like the familiarity and, and the game planning, it's going to play a role in it. Um, it, it seems like at least to start the year, what the Titans did to him in the playoffs is kind of a blueprint, and that's maybe why they started and didn't have quite the uh, the offense for a while um, because that blueprint against Lamar is you know get him outside, um, force him to the boundaries seemed to be the way to and to contain him. But it's definitely going to be interesting this time, especially um, since we have. I don't know, such a struggling defense right now. We have a couple defensive backs who are returning from injury of come back. Dory Jackson's been back for a few games. Um, Christian Fulton, our second round pick is, was back for the first game um, from the IR from on uh, Sunday night's game or Sunday afternoon's game. And it's getting healthier back there and they're kind of our speed guys. So it, it they could cover some guys a little bit longer um, and not allow Lamar to extend plays as much as, as he's capable. Um, but it does worry me sometimes how much time we give quarterbacks. We got four sacks against the Texans, but they were without Tunsil. So who's to say how real that was? Um, I think a big thing that I saw that was refreshing was last year we had Logan Ryan. Um, he was okay in coverage, but he was really great to send in blitzes as a cornerback. And we let him go in free agency because he asked too much. And now we got Desmond King, who's kind of it fits that same mold. He's, he's really good rushing the passer from, from the secondary and he got a sack doing that against the Texans. So I think we got to find more creative ways to create pressure because we're so thin on uh, edge rushers. I think the one big thing that gives me hope over, you know, the, uh, the offensive game plan last year is that JK Dobbins, the man we were talking about uh, last episode, I really think that that's going to be a key for preventing what happened last year. Because I, you know, obviously, I think I think the the big game plan last year was like Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram up the middle, and uh, Lamar on the outside runs, and the Titans were really able to come up with the game plan to stop that. But Dobbins is the one; he's like he's the running back, but he's got the speed to be able to go to the outside, and you know, I think that's just going to add another element for the Titans to be able to account for. It's not just Lamar that they have to contain inside; it's also Dobbins. Um, so now they're going to have to have guys on both, you know, both sides. Like, okay, is it Dobbins running left? Is it Lamar running right? I don't know. Or is it, you know, maybe Gus running up the middle because they have packages like that. You you could pick anybody, you know, from the Ravens wide receiver group. They've been playing pretty well as, you know, as of late. But, you know, honestly, I think that the Titans understand. I mean, they understood it last year. And I think they understand it this year that, like, the way to stop the Ravens is to you know, try and stop Lamar Jackson and, and try to stop the run game. And I think Dobbins is really going to be the key to really making that more difficult for the Titans to go around. Yeah, that, that does scare me a little bit too, because giving up that, given that different kind of look um, where the way they line up, you know, you could go right or left. It, it worries me with this, with this defense. I think a big reason why we've regressed from last year is because of a lack of coaching and communication. Um, a lot, it's a lot of the same personnel from last year, but a lot of instances we've given up big plays is guy do, loses his, uh, his man and, and nobody goes to help him. Nobody sees it. Um, a guy doesn't get deep enough in his zone or somebody expects help over top when they were the last man. It's like pl- things that they should know 
and be aware of, but they're not. So if you confuse them and, and, and don't make it obvious, then they're, they're going to struggle. I think, you know, go, that's the best way to attack them is to give them different looks so they can't, you know, figure you out because they're, they've been struggling in that, in that regard. I went back to our Titans recap notes and I guess it wasn't this game that the Ravens were doing that kind of like weird, I mean, it was kind of an option, but they were like running out and doing the pitch outs to Dobbins. I, I, was it this game? They did a couple. I think this game okay. was the start of it. It was kind of Dobbins coming out party. This So in the document, it did say like this was the Dobbins coming out party from like Ravens Twitter, at least. And I was like, come on, guys, like <laughs> where you been for my diatribes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I 100% agree with you, Chris. I think that is critical J.K. Dobbins is kind of the the secret sauce here. I think the Tennessee Titans might be victims of their own success in a way where they they feel like they know how to beat this team, right? They've done it a couple times, obviously. We've seen the way they were able to kind of neutralize our run game last year. I don't think it's happening again this year. And I think just overall, our offense, despite not breaking records, it can beat you more ways this year than it could beat you last year. So... That's my my hope. I think that is the key. Multiple avenues? Yes. Uh, I mean, it, it, I guess this isn't really a bold prediction, so I'll just get out now. Like, I think the key for this game is, I, I'm not saying Lamar is not going to have impact as a rusher or when he's dynamic by himself, but I think the way that we win this game is when he is point guard, when he's giving it to other players, and I think they're going to be the ones who win the game, not Lamar. I mean... Obviously, Lamar like facilitates. He'll have a good game, blah, blah, blah. But we'll be talking about the other players and their touchdowns and their successes, not so much Lamar. That's my guess. I could definitely see it. I think, yeah, because we've talked about how much success the running backs have had and the wide receivers as of late. And then I think one player I definitely want to make sure we don't overlook because I think he's going to have a monster game coming up is our guy, Mark Andrews, at the tight end position. In the regular season game, he had his best game of the season from a yardage perspective, five catches for 96 yards, which is insane for a tight end. And he should have had two touchdowns in that game. He did have one, but he, but Lamar overthrew him on a play where he was wide open and would have just stepped right into the end zone, uh, gone over 100 yards and had two touchdowns on that game. You know, it's like I had in the notes, I forget if we said it last episode, but I think the Ravens didn't throw to him much against the Bengals because... They know what they have in him. Like, we've, we've talked about how he's Mr. Two-Minute Offense. Like, you throw it to him, he's going to catch it, he's going to make a play. And I didn't see much. Tim can correct me if I'm wrong on this. I didn't see much impressive from the Titans' linebackers and safeties as far as covering a tight end. And Andrews, aside from Waller, Kelsey, and Kittle when he's healthy, is the hardest tight end to match up with in the league right now. I think he was hurt in the wild card game. And that's, that's why he wasn't able to make that catch that turned into an interception and really started uh, just the unraveling of the Ravens offense in that playoff game last year. But I think Mark Andrews could have a monster game on Sunday and be a, a huge key for the Ravens in the game. Yeah, I could see that as a, uh, as a key because the uh, linebacker position, our best guy in coverage is out for the year. Jayon Brown, his is fill in long has been David long has been 
better um, stopping the run than he has been in protection. He's he's got some decent plays, but I've noticed somewhere he's got burned as well. Um, our other inside linebacker, Sean Evans, has gotten better, but he's still a work in progress and coverage. Kevin Byard has had a really rough year at free safety, and a lot of that is because they're asking him to play uh, one-on-one more often, more man. Um, he's better at being just a ball hawk. Um, although I, I kind of hope we play for strong safety. I hope we play Imani Hooker over Vaccaro. Uh, Hooker is a guy who's not even started half the games this year, and he has four picks. He seems to be a lot. Vaccaro has been good for us, and I've, I like him a lot, but I I want to play Hooker over him. But those are basically of those position groups you mentioned are, are guys, and I'm, I'm not too confident really in any of them right now. So, and, and especially because tight ends, you know, are going to be those guys that are catching those plays uh, up the middle and getting those contested catches. And our guys aren't aggressive enough to make me feel comfortable with that. Um, they play too far off the line and then um, don't come in to uh, be aggressive until after the catch is made and try to tackle them. And that's one issue that I think we could have improved in defense in general is just be more aggressive, but give them too much space. I mean, it's certainly one one area I think the Ravens could improve in as well is, is you know, I, I think a lot of us remember that fourth quarter in overtime into that regular season game where it, it seemingly looks like half the Ravens defense was trying to tackle A.J. Brown on his way into the end zone and nobody could succeed. So certainly better tackling from our guys would definitely be something to, you know, improve on. Because again, you know, we know Henry's going to feed and so it's really going to be about the the play from the rest of the guys. You know, can we limit their opportunities? Can we make any takeaways? It, it's easy, I think, to look at the Tennessee defense as being the clear weakness to this team, but that doesn't mean that the Ravens defense can't play better and can't, you know, try and limit the opportunities that Tennessee is uh, is going to make uh, because they're a really fantastic offense. And, you know, if, if the game flow just so happens that Tennessee, you know, gets away first and the Ravens have to try and, and surmount that lead. I mean, you know, there was a reason that we brought these guys in and that was to avoid the situation that happened last year. So uh, they're certainly going to have to step up this year. That is one thing I wanted to ask you guys, Alec and Chris. One thing that I'm I'm just not sure what to expect from the Ravens defense in this game. We've talked about since, really since the Pittsburgh game where where Pittsburgh just came into that Wednesday night game or whenever it was, just thinking they were just going to blitz through the Ravens' quote-unquote JV squad, as they said, um, and the Ravens' defense gave them a hard time and didn't make it easy for them, even though Pittsburgh did eventually win. Its defense has looked very good with one exception, and that was that Monday night game against Cleveland when they got torched. And quite honestly, you can say that was really the only quality offense that they played in that stretch. I mean, what do we expect this defense to, which is beat up, to be able to hold the Titans to say like, you know, 20 points, or is this going to be a shootout? I would say somewhere in the middle, not to give away a score prediction, but uh, <laughs> the, the defense has a lot to prove this game, right? The they're they they have been healthy and forever. They have had weird performances. The things that they've been able to do have been dictated by their health, right? Like we were talking for games that they're playing these zones that are kind of softer, and people were able to eat them up across the middle. 
in these short passing plays and then maybe get a couple more yards. And that's something that we do not want to see the physical receivers of Tennessee be able to do. We don't want to give them the ball at all because once they have it, anything can happen. We saw it against us. It happened. And we don't want to see that again. We were talking about the left tackle. If Yannick Ngakwe is healthy, that's going to be a great matchup to watch, right? Uh, Not to say there's not other guys that can take advantage of that situation, but there's this confluence of health that needs to happen for this defense. And just like, we haven't seen them healthy. We've been talking about it for a while. Like I remember when Calais and Williams were out, we're like, well, once they get healthy, like this defense could be really interesting again. And I don't think they've been that. They still aren't that. Like They're still not healthy. They were close their last game and they looked decent, right? But then you have to remember the opponent. So you're like, eh, I don't want to talk about it. You know, like we don't want to draw anything from that. So I agree, guys. I honestly think if the Ravens defense looks pretty good against this team, it's a big thumbs up um, going into the rest of the, the postseason if they are able to win. Because we haven't seen them together and we haven't seen them against a good opponent, you know, like almost the whole year at this point. Look, uh, you know, I, I think if the Ravens are going to try and out physical Henry and, you know, some of the guys on Tennessee offense, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily going to work the way they want it to. I, I think for, you know, for me, I think the, the big success is going to be like, look, you know, we can't wear ourselves out in the first three quarters. We got to play full 60 minutes. Um, and so I guess with that, you know, what I'm looking for is like, we want to try and limit the big plays, but, you know, maybe the small stuff won't necessarily kill us. You know, I think the more critical part is, you know, locking down in the red zone and forcing field goals instead of touchdowns. So, you know, if that means taking fewer chances at going for a forced fumble or going for an interception and just making the tackle, honestly, for me, I I, I would lean toward that than trying to go for the big play. But to be honest, like, I'm not sure what the coaching staff is going to do because, you know, we've relied on those guys like, like uh, Money Marlowe, Marlon Humphrey. I mean... We've kind of let him just kind of do his thing, you know, and we've commented like some weeks he gets burned, you know, he tries to go for the force fumble, he misses it and ends up not making the tackle and he's given up a couple touchdowns that way. Uh, but I don't think the coaching staff really has, has asked him to not do that because they realize that the potential benefit from those plays is huge. So I'm, I'm really interested just to know, you know, what we're going to see there. But I, I do think at the end of the day, you know, I, I think it really does matter that the Ravens defense has to just, they have to last the full 60 minutes. Um, hopefully no overtime, but, you know, they've got to last the entire game because if they don't, then, you know, we know how it's going to play out. Anything else you wanted to bring up, Tim? Um, well, I, I do want to mention that, you know, if you do manage to stop us in the red zone and, and keep us the field goals, um, it's not, we're not sure if Goskowski is going to be back yet off the COVID list. We had a, uh, undrafted rookie Sam Sloman as our kicker for this game against the Texans who was on the Rams for part of the year, but he hadn't even met all of the Titans teammates before he got called up for this game. And I mean, he was five for five in PAT is two for two for field goals. So it's not to say he's going to be a liability, um, but I mean, he was he very did. close to one to t- for two though. That was, that was made it all so much <laughs> more dramatic and awesome though. The way to end that game with that hard doink and still go in. Uh, <laughs> Um, showing Co- Cody Parkey how to do it. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Spoken like a true guy who won the game. It was just poetic. <laughs> Doink. Exactly. Yeah, and we had Parkey at one point too. So I, I think it's it, it's good to be. A, a, I don't know if Goskowski, he's, he's been um, a little more consistent 
the last few weeks, but coming back from, from COVID, if, if he's going to be first half of the season of Goskowski or second half where first half he was so inconsistent. So kicking game, you know, I guess there could be question marks. So if you manage to stop us in the red zone, although we are one of the, the better red zone offenses in the league, then that's something to look out for as well. Yeah. Well, it's because Henry's like, oh, I only got to run 10 yards. I'll just go max power, you know, just box exactly. everyone <laughs> That or what has worked so many times is the uh, the fake to Henry and then Tannehill keeps because, like I said before, the entire defense goes to Henry and Tannehill has a wide open path. The only thing that scares me about it is Tannehill's celebration. I wish he it, it would stop doing it. He does a a jump to it and to his side and uh, rolls the ball off his fingers and every time he lands, it looks like he's going to break an ankle. One time it looked like he did and he managed to get up and and run it off laughing, but. That would be awful on a celly to, to do that. <laughs> yeah, you don't want him to pull a Grammatica. Gosh. All right. Well, uh, anything else or should we go to bold predictions? I do want to say whenever we do move to that, uh, Tim, we're going to need a more specific bold prediction from you than I think you had last time just Henry and Brown will go off. Yeah. It wasn't very bold. <laughs> I, I mentioned that when I said it. I knew I mean, it wasn't very bold. Technically, you got it, but we're like, that was a cheap one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you put me on the spot at the time, and I was like, I was not prepared for Thank it. You. I was like, oh man, what's? Oh wait, hold on, hold on. We have down in the doc. You said Henry and Brown show up. So does that mean they started? You know, they, they put their helmet on and went out on the field. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, as, as long as they do that, they're gonna go off. So it's basically saying the same thing. Oh man. Oh okay. Yeah. In fairness <laughs> to us, the rules on this thing are so loose. <laughs> they're so loose. I might be pushing them this week, but uh, we'll get there in a bit. Tim, why don't you start us? All right. Well, I think my bold prediction is going to be that the uh, Titans defense actually looks competent because I don't know if it was because Tunsil was missing there uh, in the Texans game or not, but four sacks, they were creating pressure more often than I've seen all year. Maybe they've figured something out. Maybe they are being a little more creative, but that's really been the missing piece. So if we can create pressure and and have guys in people's faces more often than it, it could be what we've been missing and could give us a chance to set a run so my bold prediction is the titans contain and keep the ravens under 20 points so leads into my score prediction obviously so that's uh gonna be ravens 16 and titans 26 it's a weird number, but I like it. If this was a video podcast, you just see me shaking my th- my head. <laughs> I don't oh, I think so. It. I saw it the whole time. <laughs> you said bold, so I'm going bold. That is That's bold. Right. <laughs> I got to make up for last time. All right, Peter, what about you? So I, I want to make a bold prediction, but you know, I'm not superstitious, but I'm kind of superstitious. So whenever I've made this type of bold prediction, it hasn't happened. So since I think it, it can happen, it can be a key to the Ravens winning, I'm not going to make it. Instead, <laughs> okay. what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a weird, bold prediction. You know, we've seen this year the the guys for the Ravens who, who had to spend some time on the COVID list, you know, they came back and I guess with the exception of Marlon Humphrey, who hopefully, you know, can get back to pre, pre-COVID list play, you know, they've come back with a fire in them and just have played even better than than before that and you know i think i think the iron man sam cook is a little upset that he had to break his streak last week because of that inconclusive test so i think he comes back and he has a monster game for the two times he has to be on the field and kick 
and he's going to pin the Titans within the two-yard line. The Ravens are going to have a safety. That's my bold prediction. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maya's feeling less bold as we got really down the tubes here with the bold All predictions. Right. All right. With the score prediction, you know, I I have a lot of faith in that this Ravens defense can figure things out, but at the same time, like, I, you know, I got a lot of respect for this Titans offense. They got a lot of playmakers, and I'm looking at the slate for this wildcard weekend. I think the NFL shot themselves in the foot with expanding playoff seed because what you've got is you've got Ravens, Titans, and a bunch of matchups outside of that. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> all the rest of the games look to me like they're going to be blowouts, and you know which of those uh, the two teams is going to win big. But this one, I think, is going to be close, man. And I'm going to say, this is going to sound crazy, but I'm going to say 37-35 Ravens is this game, and that safety is going to be the difference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I'll have to d- disagree with your uh, the other two matchups, you know, who's going to win, because... Steelers Browns, I don't know. That one that one could go either way. You know, I want to say Steelers will win big, but I think you are correct cuz the Steelers play down the competition so much that yeah, that one will probably be an ugly game. You you may be right there. The Steelers have looked bad. I'll think you can predict that one. Chris, do you want me to go or you want to go? You can ahead? go. You can go. All right, I got a couple things I want to say. So <laughs> <laughs> um I think first and foremost, I think it's important that we just get this out of the way. We were talking about it before the show started, but everyone was talking like, oh, do you want the Colts or do you want Tennessee before it was known? And I'm like, want? I don't care what I want. I want a Super Bowl. And that means we're going to play teams we don't want. So like whoever we get, we get. And like, obviously, yeah, you want it to be like, quote unquote, easier for you. But think about the box set. The only time you care who you played is about the box set. So... We got to have the Titans for this box set. All right. <laughs> all right. That's off my chest. Um, my bold prediction is this. This is a hard one to quantify. So maybe you guys can help me. Marquise Hollywood Brown shows up. And by shows up, I define that as two <laughs> bombs. I'm thinking that he has some big plays and I'm going to call two of them, and they're like bombs. I don't know what a bomb is. I was trying to think about this because sometimes, like, you know, the field matters, right? <laughs> I'm going to say he gets away from his cornerback and then scores twice. So basically, I'm saying he has two touchdowns, but I'm saying the fashion is that they're going to be via separation and uh, could could have been for everything because, you know, he's fast. Is that fair? Does that make sense? I, I think that's fair. Yeah. Two bombs. Absolutely. All right. And we saw, like, you know, he showed up against Tennessee last time, so two bombs. Well, not not the last last time. <laughs> that was when the soldier comment came out. <laughs> he wasn't targeted. So yeah. Hollywood Brown, that's my that's my bold prediction. Score prediction. Well, we talked about it, and I don't want to jinx it by bringing it back, but 38. The magic points for the Ravens, 38. They're, they're going to score 38 points uh, to 23 by the Titans. The Ravens win, and it's going to be great. Oof. For everyone except for Tim. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that prediction. I think uh, I think it, it'll never be comfortable because of the team we're playing and, and what happened last time. But I think we look good. Is this that's the take? We look good. You look good last year too. <laughs> Not in that game. <laughs> we don't want to hear no, that too. I mean, before the game. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> leading up to the game. Sure, but I think actually we were kind of talking about this last week. I think there was like some chinks in the armor we were talking about, but we were just like on this winning streak and and just winning that we didn't really 
worry too much. Um, whereas this has been different where like every game has been a playoff game and it feels like we have to win. And I think like you can say, they say the same things, right? Like last year and this year, they're like, Oh, one game at a time, a guy keeps stacking, blah, blah, blah. But it's different when it's real. Like it's impossible to trick yourself into like that mentality full, full stop unless it's real. Right. I hear you, Alec, but, uh, going in this game i'm still a little bit worried so my score prediction probably will reflect that i'm very worried <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like i said like they're not a team i want to play at all i'm yeah. just saying if I, I think i'm playing i'm playing by how i think the ravens should be able to play this game and it's not even like from a fan perspective i'm just like their, their offense looks really good i think they'll score and i think their defense will be good enough so that's that's my take well <sighs> I'll say this. So actually, I'll throw out I'll throw out two of them. You guys can let me know if one. I have one like sort of bold, and then I have like one really bold. We could do a double or nothing, or however you guys want to do it. But I figure I'll just throw both these out there. So the one is I I'm looking for the Ravens to win the turnover battle in this game. I think I really bit them last year, yeah. and I think it's something that they need to clean up this year. Um, it, in some weird, twisted sort of way, it's actually been kind of. Uh, strange that Lamar ends up throwing interception for the last couple of games, but that's like the only turnover. It's like he gets one out of his system and then it's and then it's done. You know, obviously we don't hope to see any, but if we saw at least if we saw one, I guess I'm okay with that as long as we get you know two off the Titans. My super bold prediction is that J.K. Dobbins will end up with more yards than Derrick Henry. Ooh, I think that's <laughs> like a. 10 to 20 percent chance of happening but i'm gonna throw it out there anyway um because i like what i've seen from this man and uh and and i feel like if i say dobbins and edwards get more yards than henry i don't know if that is as bold i don't know you guys going no it's not i I think i think just because the sheer volume both those guys probably get around or more carries than than henry gets well i'm talking more yardage not carries but well that's what i'm saying i'm saying because they'll have their floor is having the, the same number of carries as them, so you would get, assume they would get yeah roughly yeah the same yeah. Yards. So I'll, I'll I'll go I'll go I'll go Dobbins over Dobbins over Henry. Chris, I don't know if my uh, message had something to do with this, but uh, last <laughs> week J.K. Dobbins had more rushing yards over expected than any player in any game this season with plus one hundred and fifteen, which is like you know one of those crazy like analytics stats that like i don't really know how they compute that but uh <laughs> that's kind of cool yeah i i hear you i actually i didn't i didn't look at that um <laughs> well like i said earlier man like i, I think dobbs is, is one of the key differences between this team and and last year's team and i do think the ravens are going to exploit that um it could also end up just being that like everybody over pursues for dobbins and then edwards or walmart has a great day like i you know i i don't know so that's why i said it's like my super bold prediction I will say, Alec, I do like your bold prediction a lot because that was going to be my first thing is I was going to say Hollywood Brown goes for 150 yards because he had a really fantastic game against the Titans last year. And since he's been playing well, I thought that that might continue. But I'll go with that. As for score prediction, I do think this one's going to be a little bit closer. I'm going to say... I'm going to say 30 to 24 Ravens. And I really hope that's true because I really want this team to beat the Titans. God, being Man. 0-2 on them in the last like years just sucked. Yeah, if the Ravens don't pull this one out, this might be uh, Tim's last showing on the on the pod. We might have to just kick him off. 
I've told multiple people that, <laughs> that, that if I was like, I was like, hey, I'll go back on that podcast again. But if the Titans win, it'll probably be the last time I'm on that podcast. <laughs> Tim, you have good insights. Uh, I I like having you on the show. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You're also uh, the only living, breathing Titans fan we've ever met. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another thing I told them. I was like, to be fair, they don't really have any other options. So as long as they play us, then I'll be on it. Well, we won't play the next regular season, so enjoy i guess that's a show looks that way got an exciting should be an exciting game i think whoever wins better be the ravens but i think i think the ravens got caught off guard by the titans last year not to take anything away from what the titans did last year but i think that these teams are both very evenly matched we saw that in this regular season game two months ago and yeah, like I said, it look it looks to me unbiasedly like the best matchup that you've got on that wild card slate. So uh should be fun on Sunday. I thought we were gonna get a primetime game. I thought we were gonna get Saturday primetime. But that's okay. As long as the Ra- if the Ravens win, I'm not you know, I won't complain about that. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Ravens and Titans both being small market teams. Yeah. If the Ravens win and they got a five AM slot, I'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Nobody ever cares about the Titans. It's why no matter when we we do well, everyone's like, "Yeah, but they're the Titans." <laughs> yeah, if, if that makes you feel better, Alec, it's 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 not it's not us. It's them. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All I could say, man, is that you know the the Ravens have been through this before, and and yeah, I mean they, they just got outplayed the last two games, and you know if if they're not good enough to to make it past the Titans a third time, then well, we'll go on to next year, but. I really hope that they win this game. I, I think they need it. I think they need it for their confidence. Great way to end it, Chris. Thanks so much for joining us, Tim. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me again. And uh, we'll see if it's the last time or not. <laughs> no, I think we'll have you on either way. So with that, we're concluded, man. What do you guys think the Ravens are going to do in this game? Definitely feels like uh, feels like 2012, man. That's my opinion. That's my take. So happened in a game earlier, but... Uh, from a playoff perspective, but like I said, we're gonna compile that box set. So I'm saying, here's 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 the box set. In case everyone's wondering, Tennessee, Bills, Chiefs. That's the box set, and they beat the Packers. That's uh, th- these are my predictions. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but if I had to if I had to stake my claim now, that's what it would be. Should have held off on that, Alec. Edit it out. Edit it out. <laughs> Looking too far ahead. That's what killed them Ravens last year. How am I supposed to? I made a whole box claim. I have to talk about it, right? Like, <laughs> I say what, it, what I think it looks like. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> luckily, it really doesn't matter what we, the fans, whether or not we look past this game or not. What matters is what the team is doing in their preparation for this game, that they're focusing like it's just the Titans ahead of them and nothing else matters except for this game. So, yeah, man. I mean,. I don't think I'm really looking ahead. I'm just saying, like, that's that's the teams I want for my box set. I had to make a box set. <laughs> They're in the playoffs. I just picked. I just picked the guys. Well, I'm happy for your box set. <laughs> the guys are really mad at me for making my box set. Have you made a box set list? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ravens. I hope he jinxed it. I hope he jinxed it. <laughs> I don't think I can jinx it. I don't think that's how that works. I think the pod ended two minutes ago. I think this is... I think we just need to cut in. 
You can find Ravens Recap on Twitter and all that stuff. Yeah, Ravens Recap. 